Welcome back. This week, we are talking about a new lawsuit involving cheer. That's right. Coach Monica from Navarro College has been sued, along with the college and others, by a former cheerleader, Maddie Lane. We're going to go through that lawsuit today, the allegations in it, and I will give a warning as we get into it about what this covers. But as always, I am going to um, not get into all of the details of the assaults that are alleged here because we are going to go over what is being sued for, what the basis of a lawsuit like this is, and those things, and focus much more on that, though this has been widely reported on. If you are like me, you watched Netflix's cheer and were cheering on the Navarro cheerleaders, and then when the scandal about Jerry broke, I was stunned. It seems lots were stunned. Um, those that knew him were surprised, which is often how these things are. And it seems that cheerleading has had continuous lawsuits and allegations, not just at Navarro College, but elsewhere as well within the industry. And it seems that a reckoning is coming for competitive cheer. So that's what we're talking about in today's episode. All right, let's just get into it. Welcome to The Emily Show. I'm Emily D. Baker, the internet's go-to legal analyst and big fan of the cursey words. I've been a licensed attorney for over 17 years. I'm a former prosecutor, and I break down the legal side of pop culture and entertainment stories we can't stop talking about. We should just get into it. Let's go. Are you ready to make mealtime a little bit easier? Today's sponsor, Green Chef, has got you covered with convenient, easy, sustainable meals that will fit every lifestyle. So whether you're looking for keto or paleo, vegetarian or vegan, or you just want to try out a more balanced meal, Green Chef has you covered. And they've recently added protein-packed meals, which have at least 40 grams of protein per serving, which is perfect if high protein is your preference. You can choose from over 50 plus weekly menu items and sometimes narrowing them down to just however many meals you get a week is difficult. We get three meals a week and it works really well for us. And we always include the breakfast egg bites, which the whole family is a big fan of and they make breakfast a little bit easier. And with our deal today, I've got you covered with over 60% off. That's right. Just go to greenchef.com slash emilybaker60 and use code emilybaker60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash emilybaker60 and find out for yourself why Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. All right, let's get back to today's episode. As we get into this lawsuit, this is a civil lawsuit filed in federal court. I think it's helpful for me to maybe give a quick reminder of how I cover these things. When we're looking at an initial complaint, I am not evaluating the allegations for their veracity. I am assuming what is in the complaint is factual and looking at do the facts in the complaint match with the claims that are being charged? What are potential defenses to them? What are other things going on with this suit? Of course, if things in a complaint are ever untrue, that's going to be one of the first defenses. So I, I take these things on their face. And in this case, um, Coach Monica has come out and given a statement denying the allegations made in the lawsuit. And we're going to go to that statement first. 
before we get into this lawsuit, because remember, lawsuits are allegations in shade, but I do take them at face value when I am evaluating them. So hopefully that's helpful of like, where, where, how are we approaching this? That's where I'm approaching it from. Let's see what's being alleged. Let's see what charges or what claims are being brought because of those allegations. So Coach Monica gave a statement to the media saying, I am heartbroken by the false allegations made against me. The statements made about me in the lawsuit are wildly inaccurate. As the Navarro cheer coach, the health and safety of the students I coach is my main concern. I have worked year after year to make sure Navarro Cheer is a safe space for all cheerleaders. We do not condone or cover up reports of sexual harassment and assault. As an athletics coach and Navarro College employee, I take all Title IX matters very seriously, especially reports of sexual misconduct. I am a rules follower. I always follow all appropriate procedures regarding reporting and responding to any allegations of misconduct in the Navarro Cheer program. I make sure to report and encourage others to report any allegations of harassment, discrimination, or assault to appropriate authorities and officials. I would never remain silent or ask a student to remain silent if I were aware that any sexual misconduct occurred in the cheer program. Because there is a pending lawsuit against me, I have no further comment at this time. So as I am recording this, it is May 1st, and it has come out Late in the day today, that USA Cheer has temporarily suspended Coach Monica, um, saying that she is ineligible for member privacy violations related to athlete protection. It seems that this is then related to the lawsuit. There are other organizations that govern cheer and cheer competitions, but if the coach is ineligible, it would seem that she will not be able to lead her team in USA cheer competitions. There are, of course, other governing bodies that may do the same. They may not. We will see if that comes out in the future. So as I said, when I go through this lawsuit, I am not going to get into all of the details that are alleged here. However, this lawsuit is not tremendously graphic, but it does deal with sexual assault and sexual harassment alleged here. So we will be able to get into most of it. I also know that these are not the most platform-friendly topics. So as always, I have a huge amount of gratitude to our sponsors and all of the law nerds that support me in this content because I think cases like this are important to talk about. How does Title IX protect uh, students? How does, you know, some of the other code sections were brought that are brought up in this lawsuit protect students who have issues on campus and try to report them and things as alleged here don't go well for them? What protections are in place to make our campuses more safe? And I think that's a very important topic, but I also know it is not always a platform-friendly topic. So in navigating those things, I have a tremendous amount of gratitude for you. So thank you for that. Let's pull up this lawsuit and get into it. So this civil suit is 20 pages long. We're not going to read every single word of every single page, but we are going to go over it pretty in depth because I found that a lot of the media reporting doesn't really give the heart of this lawsuit and what the different claims are. It says, or most of the media headlines say that uh, Coach Monica is being sued for covering up reports of a sexual assault. There's a lot more in this lawsuit than just that. And to start with, this is uh, Plaintiff Maddie Lane suing Navarro College, Monica, uh, Michael Landers, Elizabeth, 
uh, Pillins and Salvatore Salvo Amico. So those are all of the defendants named in this case. Introduction starts with Navarro College Bulldogs cheer team. At all relevant times, Navarro College received federal funding for its academic programs, activities, and was subject to the requirements of Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1972. According to the NCSA, the Navarro College Bulldogs team in Corsica, Texas, is the number one junior college cheerleading program in the nation. The team has won 15 national championships since 2000. In April 2022, the team secured its fifth national title. Oh, spoilers! I, I truly don't know if they're making another season of cheer. I think after everything that happened with Jerry, maybe they're not making another season of cheer. Um, maybe they are. I don't know. But anyway, cheer spoilers. In April 2022, the team secured its 15th national title as well as its sixth award of Grand National Champion for having the highest score of all of the teams competing. Netflix produced a documentary series called Cheer that features the Navarro College cheerleaders. The first season was released in 2020, and the second season was released in 2022. Cheer follows Navarro College's competitive cheerleaders led by head coach Monica. Since first being featured on the documentary series, Navarro's cheer program and Coach Monica have earned worldwide recognition. That sentence was so awkward for me because there's an extra and in there, and I just couldn't parse it in my brain. Um, I'm just going to keep calling Coach Monica Coach, Mo coach Monica because in my brain, the D and the M in her last name get moved. And I'm never going to pronounce it properly. It's Aldama, but I'm going to say Almeida. And I just, I'm going to continue going with Coach Monica. You're like, Emily, you don't need to explain your entire thought process. I know. Coach Monica appeared in the 29th season of Dancing with the Stars, which premiered on September 14th, 2020. She also appeared on The Ellen Show on January 19th, 2022. Her husband, Chris, is the Director of Probation at Navarro County Community Supervision and Corrections Department. Oh, I didn't know that. I had no idea that he was head of the corrections department. Competitive cheerleading is not subject to traditional seasonal limitations or other restrictions against year-round performance and training. As such, competitive cheerleading comes with a hefty price tag and requires an extreme amount of commitment from athletes with near constant training and frequent competition and travel. By the time most competitive cheerleaders graduate high school, they have been competing in the sport for more than a decade. That's a whole nother conversation to be had another day about overuse injuries and, and not having breaks from sports and not having cross training in sports. But that is, that is not my conversation to have. I never was a, you're going to be shocked. I never was a competitive cheerleader. I'm not great on land sports, water sports for me, but year round training, just the toll that this would take on your body is, is substantial and cannot be underestimated. Plaintiff Maddie Lane was a student athlete cheerleader at Navarro College during the summer and fall of 2021. Maddie was recruited to the Navarro cheer team by then assistant coach Kaylee Peppers and coach Monica. When plaintiff accepted a position as a freshman cheerleader on the Navarro College Bulldogs cheer team in Corsica, Texas, she was a happy, successful gymnast who had plans to compete on a nationally ranked cheer team and later make a career in the cheer field. That all changed during her first semester at Navarro. On September 2nd, 2021, in her university-owned and controlled dorm room, Maddie became yet another victim of sexual assault by a person associated with Navarro Cheer. Prior to plaintiff's arrival at Navarro College, defendants permitted a campus condition rife with sexual assault and lacking the basic standards of support for victims as required by state and federal law. This case arises from defendants' deliberate indifference to the events of sexual abuse, sexual harassment, and sexual assaults. 
So the heart of this lawsuit is the cheer program and the college allowing this to become prevalent without doing anything about it. That really is the heart of the claims in this lawsuit as to all defendants. They say that defendants' failure to properly, promptly and appropriately prevent, investigate, and respond to instances of sexual abuse and sexual harassment allowed a condition to be creative that substantially increased plaintiff's likelihood of being sexually assaulted. It then goes on to talk about Navarro's publicized scandals, which I was not familiar with all of them, but there are a few others. So the first one is talking about a 2018 scandal when a former Navarro cheerleader sued Navarro College, alleging that a volunteer coach, Andre McGee, drugged and sexually assaulted him at a competition. And then they go through what was being alleged against that assistant coach or volunteer cheer coach. In September 2020, former Navarro cheer athlete Jerry Harris was arrested on a charge of production of child pornography. In December 2020, he was indicted for soliciting sex and explicit photos from minors. And then it goes on to detail what was going on with Jerry, talking about his popularity in cheer, um, the show, being interviewed on the red carpet, being on the Ellen DeGeneres show. And then it talked about him pleading guilty to those charges and being sentenced to 12 years in prison. In February 2021, former Navarro cheerleader uh, Mitchell Ryan was arrested and charged with aggravated sexual assault against a child. And then it goes through the um, allegations there with a victim who was 15 when Ryan was 23 and what happened in that circumstance. They then say that in February 2021, former Navarro cheer athlete and choreographer um, Robert Joseph Sicana was arrested and charged with taking indecent liberties with a child and use of electronic communication device to solicit sex. So they went through all of these different instances because they are trying to show a pervasive culture because of the types of allegations that they are making later and the claims that they are bringing and the sections of the law they are bringing those claims under. So they're saying, look, these things have continued to happen and haven't been rectified. And you've been not just on notice, but on a whole lot of notice that this is going on. They say that Navarro cheers pervasive culture of sexual harassment, sexual violence, and intimidation. That following McGee's departure from Navarro cheer, Andy Crossfront took over McGee's role. Crossfront began coaching Navarro cheer as a volunteer, but was eventually employed by the college. They say that they're a choreographer and own cheer source, which hosts cheerleading camps and clinics and starred in seasons one and two of Netflix's Cheer as Coach Monica's right-hand man. They then talk about the culture of upperclassmen and lowerclassmen in this athletic program, that upper-class cheerleaders were called veterans and freshmen were called rookies. I mean, okay. And that with the cheer coach's knowledge, approval, and expectation, veterans instructed the rookies on team rules and policies, including instructing rookies that cheerleaders dormed together, and they selected roommates for the rookies. Veterans instructed rookies that cell phones should not ring during practice, punished rookies by first forcing them to run laps when cell phones did ring at practice. They informed rookies of Navarro's, the Navarro knock policy which they say required team members to leave their dorm rooms unlocked so as to permit members to freely come and go with the use of a specific knock announcing their presence. They say that Coach Monica knew about the rules and policies and approved them. 
They go on to say that rookies were encouraged to earn the letters FIOFMU, which stands for Fight It Out, Fuck Em Up. Coaches and veterans determined who earned letters. They don't get into a lot of how one earns letters, but they do talk about it in kind of vague reference throughout this about whether you earn all the letters at once or you earn one letter at a time. It's not quite clear from this. If anybody knows more about the culture of this, please let me know in the comments. And as we get into more what fight it out and fuck them up means, we need to take a brief moment for our sponsor. Thank you to our sponsor, Honey Love. Honey Love has revolutionized shapewear so you can feel like you're being all held together without that really uncomfortable, too tight feeling that you might be familiar with. And with wedding season upon us, it might be time to try some updated shapewear for you. I have family weddings coming up this summer as well, and I am absolutely going to be rocking my Honey Love because it is so comfortable. And I especially like their bodysuits because you don't have all those weird lumps and bumps around your bra, and they are super supportive with no underwire. Perfect for dancing the night away in comfort. So if you are ready to check out the Honey Love difference for yourself, you can get 20% off today. So treat yourself to the best shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash lawnard. Use code lawnard at honeylove.com for 20% off. Let me know what you try. Let's get back to the episode. They allege that the letters were prevalently displayed throughout seasons one and two on Netflix's Cheer. I don't remember this. I need to go back and look. They say Women's Health Magazine explained, quote, team members write it on their arms and have practice uniforms emblazoned with FIOFMU that they wear on the reg. It's also frequently added as a hashtag to the cheerleaders' posts on Instagram and Twitter. A large number of the veterans have FIOFMU tattoos. They go on to say that the college, Navarro College's director of athletics, Michael Landers, instructed Navarro Cheer that letters are not allowed. Nevertheless, Coach Monica sanctioned their use in cheer, and Landers was aware of this. I don't understand what they mean, though. They don't detail it more. They say that Monica is quoted in Women's Health Magazine as explaining, quote, it's not an uncommon thing in the cheerleading world to have letters that signify you're part of a really special family. It's just an acronym for something that we like to keep to ourselves. It's your encouragement to make it through the cheerleading season and puts you together as a family. But contrary to Monica's attractive explanation, the letters were currency in a dark game where coaches and veterans bribed rookies to run errands, party, and perform sexual favors. Again, they go into it a little bit, but not too much more. They say that in the spring of 2018, just prior to leaving Corsica for competition in Daytona, uh, veterans required rookies to attend an initiation. Veterans hazed rookies as part of the initiation. I mean, I does this still happen? I'm kind of surprised that this is still happening, that there is still hazing as part of sports, athletics, and group participation in college. But maybe I shouldn't be surprised that that this is still going on. It's been a really long time since I've been in college. Uh, you guys let me know down below if you're, if you're, group or athletic team had hazing. I mean, our hazing for water polo was not really hazing. The initiation was was light. But I've heard of some pretty horrific ones. They 
here say that during that 2018 initiation, that rookies were instructed to dress in all black and paint their faces black, known as, quote, black facing. I don't know why they didn't just say known as blackface and not black facing. It's unclear if they were like completely just dressing in black and painting their bodies black, or if this has some more nefarious undertone. Of course, the and more racially motivated undertones in this lawsuit. I think the way that they are pointing this out is to illustrate the amount of control that was had over the students and the types of things that they were put through. But they say that in December 2022, Gabby Butler, who was a first year at Navarro, um, received criticism when those photos were leaked on social media. They then go on to say that defendants were aware of Navarro Cheer's pervasive culture of sexual harassment, sexual violence, and intimidation, but rather than report abuse and hold perpetrators accountable, the defendants knowingly, intentionally, and with reckless disregard. Again, this is pleading their causes of action so that they are using kind of the language of the claims that they're bringing down below, um, that the defendants knowingly, intentionally, and with reckless disregard for the safety of others turned a blind eye and decidedly failed to investigate and report allegations of misconduct. Navarro's cheer culture of sexual misconduct was promoted by intimidation and the power imbalance between coaches and cheerleaders and between veterans and rookies. And this is a difficult thing when you are looking at any sport where athletes have worked their whole life to be somewhere. And this is what they get to later on in the lawsuit is you have not just a tremendous power imbalance, but a almost make it or break it. And they go on to talk about this particular victim when she reports these things, gets basically blackballed out of her entire cheer, you know, competitive cheer community and isn't able to go and compete on other teams for other colleges when she leaves Navarro because she spoke up. And that is something that happens not just, of course, in cheerleading. They go on to allege that given the national news coverage of the scandals spanning from 2018 to the spring of 2021, Navarro College was under immense pressure to show the media, perspective, and incoming students and third parties, including Netflix and the National Cheerleading Association, that it had corrected problems with sexual violence. But rather than remedying team culture, defendants promoted it by engaging in a campaign to silence victims and protect abusers. They go on to allege that defendants' conduct encouraged the environment that led to plaintiffs' sexual assault, harassment, and intimidation by Navarro cheer team members and Coach Monica. As a result, plaintiffs suffered pain, mental anguish, emotional distress, humiliation, and was forced to quit the team and withdraw from Navarro College. It then goes and lists uh, the various parties in the lawsuit, talks about the jurisdiction, and then gets into a bit more of the factual background. Yes, we weren't to the factual background yet. That was the that was kind of the overview of everything. The factual background goes through Maddie Lane uh, being in high school, looking to try out at Navarro and Trinity Valley, being given a place on Navarro's team, going to school, being shocked when she started at Navarro, that kids were um, partying, drinking excessively, abusing drugs. And when I say kids, I mean the college students, the other Navarro cheerleaders. They talk about the fact that Maddie Lane did not partake in the, those types of activities and had the highest GPA on the team, had a long-term boyfriend who went to another college elsewhere in Texas so that in her free time, she spent time with her boyfriend and practiced cheer 
outside of college at Cheer Athletics in Plano, Texas, a few times a week. I don't know how anyone does the level of of workout and practice that they seem to do and then also be off campus. But it seemed like a lot of these students do. So not only are they participating in college cheer, but it seems that they're also participating at certain points in cheer outside of school. It it seems like so much. They then talk about the um, evening of Wednesday, September 1st, 2021, where plaintiff went to go visit her boyfriend and then her roommate and others went to a party. The roommate brought people back to their room. And one of those people were one of the defendants, Salvo Amico, and that Salvo um, ended up climbing into bed with Maddie Lane, that she told him to get out, to stop. He did not. Um, That he sexually assaulted her. And then she got him away, told him to leave, and he left the dorm. It says that she did not know what to do and stayed in bed till her alarm went off the next morning and tried to go about her routine. She told several members of the team about the assault and they encouraged her to come with them to a party that evening. And at the party, a veteran of the team and the team's unofficial captain pulled her aside and asked her about what happened. Maddie explained what happened. And the other Maddie, Maddie Brom, told her, quote, you just need to drink it off and get your mind off of it because, quote, that's what Navarro girls do. They drink. We don't tell anyone. We just keep it to ourselves, end quote. I sadly can see this taking place. You can see where, A, this is a culture of it's going to get worse for you if you say anything. And that's what they are alleging here in this lawsuit. But it absolutely breaks my heart for the cheerleaders involved in this, where they're like, nope, keep drinking. That's what you do. You don't say anything. That's not the way it should be. And that's what they're alleging in this lawsuit. Of course, that is being denied by the defendant in this case that has made a public statement, but it's absolutely heartbreaking. They say that Brom told the plaintiff not to tell Coach Monica because there was no reason to stress her out and told the plaintiff that if she reported the incident, the school would cut the cheer program and everyone would know why and hate her. So when this lawsuit talks about a culture of silencing people, these are the types of facts that they are going to lean into in this lawsuit to say, look, you've created this culture where it might not be Coach Monica doing the actual silencing, but it's created this culture to allow this to happen. Then the unofficial captain of the team told plaintiff that she and Salvo needed to talk it out like adults, and the captain, Brom, assigned two male cheerleaders to accompany plaintiff to go to Salvo's dorm room. One of those cheerleaders and plaintiff entered the room, and Salvo apologized to plaintiff for assaulting her. Brom then instructed the two male cheerleaders to escort plaintiff everywhere to ensure that she did not report the assault. At a time when plaintiff was not being watched, she called her boyfriend and told him to visit her. When he arrived, she told him about the assault. He drove plaintiff to his apartment and picked up three of his friends, and the five of them returned to Navarro College. Tristan and his friends went to Salvo's dorm. They saw the other male cheerleader who had been assigned like plaintiff guard duty guarding the door. The boyfriend exchanged words with that cheerleader and then left. 
he and his friends went to plaintiff's dorm to help her gather some of her things. The guard cheerleader then called the police to report that the boyfriend had assaulted him, and Tristan reported Salvo's assault of plaintiff to the officers. So then it became an entire, an entire problem, according to this lawsuit. While they were packing at plaintiff's dorm, campus police arrived and asked for the boyfriend. Police informed the boyfriend that the cheerleader who was on watch reported that he had assaulted him. The boyfriend told the police that the only assault that happened was Salvo's assault of the plaintiff. The police instructed the boyfriend that he was banned from campus property and that they needed to leave. The boyfriend and his friends grabbed what they had packed, got into his vehicle, and left campus. They noticed a vehicle following them, and inside the vehicle were other cheerleaders, um, other veteran cheerleaders, that this lawsuit alleges were pointing guns at the plaintiff and Tristan and threatening to kill them for reporting the assault. So when I say this was downplayed in the media, there's a lot more that's alleged here. They go on to say that the plaintiff called Coach Monica, and when she started to tell Coach Monica about the assault, Monica interrupted her saying, let's not make this a big deal. I want the best for you, and I will help you cheer wherever you want. Plaintiff hung up the phone. Then plaintiff called her mother and told her about the assault. A few days later, when plaintiff quit the cheer team, Coach Monica told her, if you keep quiet, I'll make sure you can cheer anywhere you want. It goes on to say plaintiff reported the assault to campus police. The police discouraged her from doing so and informed her that this type of thing happens all the time, that she can report the assault, but nothing will happen because nothing ever happens. Nevertheless, plaintiff reported the assault. Plaintiff also reported the assault to Navarro College's Title IX office. The Title IX coordinator, Elizabeth Pillins, who's one of the defendants in this case, informed her that the office did not have the proper documentation to report a sexual assault. Instead, Pillins handed plaintiff a sheet of paper and told her to write down the answers to some questions and discouraged plaintiff from reporting the assault. She informed the plaintiff that neither the Title IX office nor campus police department nor the Corsica police department kept a rape kit on hand and that the regional medical center does not have a SANE registered nurse. The closest rape kit available would require a drive to Waco or Dallas, Texas. This is wild to me. Um, on a college campus, that this is what's going on. And this is what the plaintiff is alleging. Again, I don't know what the university will say about this or if um, those types of tests are available to them, but it seems wild to me that they wouldn't be. It goes on to say that the Title IX officer told plaintiff that if she reports the assault, there would be a court hearing that the plaintiff would have to face her perpetrator and everyone will hear what happened. Pillins told plaintiff, the public hearing is always embarrassing and does more harm to the victim than good. Uh, I can see that being said to someone easily. I mean, I, I imagine there's a little bit more context to it, but I can see that being said. Uh, that gets said to victims all the time. It shouldn't, but it can be absolutely true that court is not an easy process for victims and is never an easy process for victims. And in a, in a court system where you have the right to confront your accuser, I don't know how that court system ever gets easier for victims, but more support when they report might be a start. It goes on to allege that several weeks later, plaintiff's mother contacted campus police asking about the report. The person that answered the phone asked, quote, what report? The mother said she thought the district attorney would be bringing sexual assault charges and that 
the plaintiff reported to the grand jury. The person responded, quote, no, those charges were dropped and told the mother that there was nothing she could do to change it. The mother called the Title IX office for an update, and the Title IX coordinator Pillins told Terry that there is no record of plaintiff sexual assault, insisting instead to the report plaintiff attempted to make as quote-unquote allegations. Pillins explained that nothing happened with those allegations. Instead, Pillins wanted to discuss two different topics. One, a report that was made after video footage showed one of the guard cheerleaders stealing a Red Bull from the cafeteria while escorting plaintiff around, and two, a report about someone named Will hazing another cheerleader. This is an awkward sentence as written in this lawsuit, but because of the assault and harassment by team members, the defendant's intimidation tactics, plaintiff quit the team and withdrew from Navarro College. She now attends University of Texas and is on its cheer team where her mother coaches. It then goes on to talk about why this plaintiff wanted to be on the Navarro cheer team and then gets into the causes of action. Count one is a violation of Title IX of the Educational Amendment of 1972, which is the fact that they had an obligation to investigate, report, and take proper action against the perpetrator and did not. They are obligated to halt and implement policies against a culture of sexual harassment, sexual assault, hostility, and violence at Navarro Chair and didn't. And then it reiterates the different facts that go towards those allegations. The count two allegations is a violation of uh, 42 USC 1983. And just a real quick on the 1983 deprivation of rights. You see those a lot in um, government cases because they go against a larger body denying someone of their rights. In 2009, there was a Supreme Court case that allowed schools to be sued for peer-to-peer sexual harassment. So even though it would normally be you sue the person who does the thing to you, under 1983, you are allowed to sue a school for peer-to-peer conduct because of an interpretation of the law. So I wanted to make that clear real quick as we go into talking about it, because you might have heard about those civil rights, 1983 deprivation of rights claims in other civil cases, because that goes for um, goes under equal protection and due process and the uh, denial of rights under those. And that is brought against Navarro College, um, Coach Monica, Michael Landers, and Elizabeth Pillins. So everybody who works for the college. Count three is similar but different. It is a violation of the Texas Constitution, Article 1, Section 3, equality under the law, and Article 1, Section 19, deprivation of life, liberty, and property. So similar but different. Instead of alleging it under the federal act, they're alleging it under the state constitution in Texas, and that is against the college and the college defendants. Count four is the civil assault claim against defendant Salvo, and the reason I clarify that it is civil is because these are actions that can be either criminal or civil. These are not bringing a criminal prosecution. This is bringing a civil case against Salvo for the assault. And it lists the facts out there. And then they also listed uh, respondeat superior here, just saying that these employees uh, were employed by Navarro. So Navarro is responsible for the behavior and actions of the employees, and then asks for damages, including economic, punitive, past and future physical pain, suffering, mental anguish, reasonable attorney's fees and costs. 
and then asks for a jury trial and goes forward from there. Before I give you the rest and final thoughts on this, we need to thank our final sponsor. I'm happy to share with you something new from our sponsor, Thrive Today. Their Bigger Than Beauty skincare has just launched. And not only is it incredible skincare, it also has the same cause-driven backing that Thrive Cosmetics is known for. So when you're doing your daily skincare routine, you're not only using clean products that are good for your skin, but you're also giving back. What's lovely about Bigger Than Beauty is not only do you have incredible vegan products, but you also know that with every purchase, Thrive Cosmetics is giving back to local communities. I'm really enjoying the hydrating gel cleanser because it just takes away the impurities of the day while feeling soothing and cleansing, but without stripping your skin. So you don't get that too tight feeling when your skin's barrier has been overdone. So try Bigger Than Beauty today. You can simplify your routine and amplify your impact. Get 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash EDB. That's thrivecausemedics.com slash EDB for 20% off your first order. All right, let's get back to today's episode. And as I promised, last and final thoughts on all of this, I think we are going to see more civil lawsuits against universities like this. We already have, especially where things uh, can be more easily documented with social media, photos, and things like that. I think we will continue to see people bringing these lawsuits when they make allegations to the university and the university does nothing to investigate them, to pursue them and to protect the students on their campus. And there is a pattern where they were pointing out the prior bad acts of others in the Navarro cheer program. It would seem that after all of that, if somebody brought this to the attention of a coach and others, then something would have been done, or you would hope that something would have been done. And that's really at the heart of this lawsuit is I told you what happened and nothing was done. And at every single turn, this young woman was told, you should not say anything. It's not going to go well for you if you do. And in the complaint, I think I ended up um, skipping past it, which I apologize for. It talks about the fact that Maddie Lane, after she left Navarro, tried out at another school and believes that a Navarro alumni blocked her from getting onto that school's team and that other teams have treated her similarly where she has been blocked from competition teams and the like. It's a quick allegation in here that this doesn't just end at Navarro, that Navarro alum have kind of locked arms to wall her out of the cheerleading space. And the only place she is able to cheer is somewhere where her mother is a coach. But we are seeing lots of lawsuits in the cheer space for all kinds of different allegations, not just monopoly allegations against varsity brands where they were just actually ordered to pay like $43.5 million to a California cheerleading gym. If you're interested in that, let me know down below. But there are other lawsuits as well. It is, we're seeing this in gymnastics too, and I'm sure in other sports as well. But is universities losing substantial sums of money or a company like Varsity Cheer losing over $40 million? Is that really what it is going to take 
to protect these athletes. And why aren't athletes being better protected? That's really the question that I'm left with at the end of the day with this. Where will this case go? I don't know. Could this case settle and we hear nothing else about it? Possibly. Would that maybe be what is best for Maddie Lane here to not get dragged through social media and the courts? Maybe. It takes a lot to bring a lawsuit like this. I have not looked to see what social media has done since this. I've just looked at the the reporting of it um, because I really hope that you know, the reporting gets out there, the lawsuit is out there, and and Maddie Lane doesn't have to like deactivate social media accounts and things like that. But I suspect that that will be something that she will choose to do during the pendency of this lawsuit because the internet is going to internet, unfortunately. So with all of that, uh, the way I look at lawsuits like this, again, as I take them at face value and look at the claims brought, these are the appropriate claims to bring against the university. Could the university choose to settle and then the um, the other defendant, the, the accused perpetrator remain in this suit and it just remained between them? It could happen. Could there be a universal settlement? It could happen. Could this go to trial? It could happen. If you want me to continue following what happens in this case like I have with others, let me know down below. I was really, truly surprised to see another lawsuit coming out of the Netflix show Cheer, a show that was uh, inspirational and aspirational and fun. And it is, again, overlaying a darker underbelly. And I am finding that with so much of the reality TV that I really enjoy is you're watching these things play out and then you start to peel back the curtain a little more. And underneath, there is sometimes much worse going on. Like with all the Girardi cases, it's it's changing my perception of reality TV and my ability to enjoy some of these things. Let me know if that's happening for you too. Where is the balance in that? And what what do we as, as consumers of, of media and social media and reality TV, what do we do from here? I really want to know your thoughts on this. Thank you for having the conversation with me. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a Lawnard have a conversation with your kids um, to talk to you and to talk to you first and then help them navigate this wild world that we live in. Because I just, uh, all of this I can see happening. I don't know if it did or if it didn't. I'm taking it at face value. But I can see another college-age girl saying to her friend, this isn't going to go well for you if you say anything. I can absolutely see that happening. And it breaks my heart. And hopefully we will start to see those cultures change because they should. With that, thank you for being here. Thank you for being a law nerd. Do all, do all the things. Thank you for supporting the Emily Show podcast. And I will see you in the next one. So raise a glass, stay hydrated, friends. May your Wi-Fi be strong. May your toilet paper be plentiful. May you, may you be well hydrated and glowing. May your families be well. And may the odds be ever in your favor. Bye. You can find more Law Nerd goodness in our private Law Nerd community over at lawnerdsunite.com. And if you want to stay up to date with everything I'm covering, you can follow me on social media at 
The Emily D. Baker. I stream on YouTube on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and I recap those streams for those of you a little pressed for time over on the Quick Bits podcast and Quick Bits YouTube channel. Thanks for being a Lonard. <laughs>